You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. It's Katie Harris, and this is an ep- another episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today, we have Deanna Gillingham from the Case Management Institute with us. Deanna, thanks so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Um, all right, so why don't you give us a little bit of background uh, about you as a nurse and how it led to what you're doing now? Okay, so I started off in nursing back in the 1990s and <laughs> sounds so long ago all of a sudden <laughs> um, and I, w- I was a nurse for quite a while I worked in a lot of different areas oncology um, hospice I worked in labor and delivery so I kind of say I brought people in and I took them out and um, which are actually more similar than you would think and then I worked in outpatient for a while um, I've done a lot of different things actually throughout my nursing career, and I always loved working on the floor and bedside nursing. But um, a few years ago, it got to the point where I wasn't able physically to handle working on the floor anymore. I had an injury to my foot, which I couldn't even handle a four-hour shift. So I decided to take a um, a less physically demanding job as a case manager. Um, while doing that, I had to get certified, and that's kind of what led to my business, the Case Management Institute. So why was that? Was it hard to get certified at the time? I couldn't find any resources that I liked to get certified. Um, I was looking for something that was current. The the certification body put out an exam blueprint. So I figured, okay, they give us all these topics that are going to be on the test. I want a book that covers all of these topics, and I could not find one. And so I ended up spending over a year just researching on my own um, all the things that were going to be on the exam. And... I was like, nobody should ever have to do this. It should not be this hard. (laughs) There are books to help you pass the NCLEX and the SAT, and there were books out there. They just weren't what I was looking for. I wanted something that covered everything. And so since I had done all the research for myself, I figured, okay, I can help other people. Um, I actually did. I helped a coworker. Um, She used it. I'm like, okay, this actually works for other people too. So I went ahead and published it, and that was the start of the business. It started with just a book. Oh, well, so, I mean, you wrote... Uh, study guide book for the exam. I did, yes. That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew nothing about like how to publish and and I I laugh because when I wrote it I had been writing nurses notes for about 20 years and when I went to school we were handwriting nurses notes and we were slapped if we our little hands were slapped if we wrote a sentence we were supposed to just write these little thoughts and little you know fragmented sentences so when I started writing, I couldn't even, like I had my notes and I'm like, okay, I have to put them into something readable in a book. I just can't have all these little thoughts. And I actually had to take a course, an online course on how to write because I couldn't even write a sentence at the time. It was really that pathetic. <laughs> That's too funny. So, uh, but did you know kind of like what the uh, audience size looked like? I mean, did you know that this was gonna turn into a business or what was the thought process? No, no. no. <laughs> um, so if you look at case management, it's such a small niche in nursing that a lot of people don't, that are nurses don't even know what case management was. In fact, when I was hired for the job, when I was interviewing, I was like, I don't even know what this is. Can you explain what it is? And they're like, oh, you'll do fine. You know, like, really, I'm going to be 
<laughs> quitting another job to take this. I'd like to know what it is. So it's such a small niche. And then of all of those, the ones who want to get certified, that's even smaller. And then this was one specific certification. Although it is the most popular, it's still one specific certification. There's only, at the time, there were 25,000 certified case managers when I took it. Now there's closer to 50. So it has blossomed over the last couple years, but it's still a very, very small niche. So what happened, uh, like, how do you even start writing a book like this? Like, what did that look like for you? Well, luckily, since they gave us the exam blueprint, I just took each one of the areas that they said were on the test, and I researched it, and then I wrote about it. And it could be anything from a paragraph to a couple pages about what I thought a case manager needed to know about that subject. And then when I had them all, I figured I needed to put them in some kind of a logical order, and then I had the book. So it was actually easier because I didn't have to figure it out for myself, like what topics to put in it. They told me what needed to be in the exam or in the book. Okay. Um, and did you get feedback on the book or was it just kind of an immediate success or? Well, I, I had a friend at work who was having trouble to pass an exam. So I gave her the information and I was like, okay, anything that you don't understand, get back to me and I'll rewrite it and we'll see how it goes. And there were a couple things, little tweaks that I made. And then I, while I was doing this, I knew I wanted to help other people because I was having such trouble. And even when I would go on the internet and do Google searches, I was having trouble finding information that was relevant to case managers. So I started a website and I had information on the website. And I, w and I had this opt-in that just said, hey, if you wanna know when I write the next um, t topic, sign up and so I would I had about a hundred people on my email list at the time I finished the book and I said if you want a free copy I'll send it to you and that was my kind of test to see did they like it did it work was it efficient in helping other people to pass the exam and then I got the feedback that it was so I went ahead and self-published and the reason I chose to do that was at the time the test would be changing they came up with a new exam blueprint every five years and in a year and a half the test would be changing but when I started researching getting a publisher, I found out by the time I pitch a publisher, get it accepted and get it to print, it would be about 18 months. And I'm like, well, it's gonna be obsolete by the time it's printed. So I ended up self-publishing and having to teach myself how to do that and um, hire people to do like the editing and the formatting. So I did have it professionally edited and formatted and um, put it on Amazon. And I was able to get the people who had read the free edition to leave reviews so that really helped a lot oh yeah because um, <laughs> actually publishing the book or formatting the book is almost worse than actually writing the book <laughs> <laughs> i was pulling my hair out i was trying to format it myself and i would like make one little change and it would change everything else and i ended up just i was bawling i was like i can't do this so I, um, I had to find somebody to actually professionally format it because after it took me two weeks to realize that I needed to get somebody else to do it. It was taking me longer to, I thought, format the book than it would have been to just hire somebody and have them do it because I, I thought it would be faster myself, but it really wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I've made that mistake a lot of times. You think you can do everything yourself and it's just kind of like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so then what happened with like book sales? Was it enough to create a business off of or did you have, did you do something else in addition to that? That's such a great question. So when I finally published it, like when I hit the publish button, it was one of those things where it's like two o'clock in the morning and you're so drunk that you're, you're tired drunk. That yeah. happened. <laughs> and it was like, I probably wouldn't have done it, but I was so tired. I'm like, I need to go to bed. Let me just push the button. And then the next morning I got up and I panicked and I was like, what did I do? And um, 
but I was in the, I was getting ready to leave. It was it was over Christmas and I was packing up my kids and we were going up to visit our family. And so I kind of forgot about it for a few days and then I started getting book sales and I was like, "Oh man, they're going to like want their money back. I'm not going to spend this money." <laughs> <laughs> I really was petrified and they didn't want their money back and I got good reviews and I was like, "Wow, this is working." So it started off as just like a little stash to be able to take my family on vacation and at the time I was driving a car that had about 160,000 miles on it and needed it it wasn't one that could last that long. It wasn't one of these Toyotas or Subarus that last 200,000 miles. So I was like, oh, I'm going to put some money in, you know, in the bank so I can maybe get a new car someday, have a down payment and take my family on vacation. And so that's what I did. I was afraid to spend the money because I thought people would ask for their money back. And um, after about, I think it was about six months or nine months when I finally was like, hey guys, we can go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's like if they ask for their money back, just forget it. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so after the book was published, um, have you had to update it several times since then? I have. So it was first published, I think it was in 2014. So they changed the exam in 2016. So that was the second edition. And then um, I had an incident that happened, you know, it's not all rosy being an entrepreneur. I actually had my book pirated and um, the sales went to zero. I mean, like nothing because people were putting out a pirated copy and selling it for next to nothing. So um, I created at that time. Also, there were a lot of changes with like um, the Affordable Care Act and different things that had happened, different changes with Medicare. So I went ahead and updated to a revised second edition. And that helped a lot. And right now, I'm actually writing the th the third edition. The test will be changing again in December, so I'm in the middle of writing the third edition. Uh, so, do you you get the blueprint ahead of time, or you know what the changes are going to be? I get it when everybody else gets it. I've asked them to have advanced. Um, I've asked the testing um, company that does the testing to if I could have an advanced copy, and they're like, "No, you get it when everybody else does." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so everybody knows that the exam is changing in December and, and you have to just kind of write to speed. Exactly. And we have a um, we have a really large Facebook group, um, large for the number of case managers that are out there. We have like 14,000 case managers in our Facebook group. So like every once in a while, somebody will be like, I'm taking the test in December. Is the book done yet? And I'm like, no, I'm still working on it. So I feel like all this pressure to get it out as quickly as possible. That's funny. Um, so what happens when a book gets pirated? Like, how does that happen and, and what do you do? Um, basically, there's not much you can do. Um, I wanted to go to Jeff Bezos' house because nobody would answer me, um, but <laughs> I was advised against that. Um, we call customer support. I think I had about 20 hours of time that I had been on the phone with them and nobody could help. So finally it came to the point, well, we'll just have, we. I needed to update the book anyway because of the changes that had happened. So um, we updated the newer edition and we just kind of crossed our fingers and hoped that people would buy the newer edition and not the pirated edition. And I sent some cease and desists. I have a, um, a neighbor who's a lawyer, so he helped me write those up. And a lot of people just don't care. And um, you know, there's not a lot you can do about it, honestly. There's just, mm -hmm. I, I've been surprised at how um, I guess as nurses, we think everybody wants to help each other and be good. And I always had a, a saying with my children, use your talents for good and not evil. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, not everybody holds up to that. So luckily, um, the business by that point was more than just a book. We also had some um, online courses. 
So even though our sales on the book went to zero, our sales for the courses were keeping us going while we rewrote the new edition and our Facebook group was great. We, like I said, there's 14,000 case managers in there. So we got the word out that the book was pirated. If you bought it from our website, you would be sure to get a regular, you know, a real official copy. And we thank them um, by giving them a free companion workbook to go with the book. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, because I, I, you know, a lot of times people don't realize that they're getting a pirated copy or, you know, maybe they think it's some kind of, who knows, but yeah, um, they, yeah. they honestly didn't know it wasn't, you know, it wasn't their fault. But I have to say my community is really great because they're like, we're calling Amazon and we're returning the book and we're going to buy it from you. And I'm like, that's all you can do because, you know, Amazon really cares about customers, their customers, which are the people buying from them. And so when they started to see when I would call and they'd be like, oh, yeah, we've had a couple people return the book. And I'm like, because they were buying the wrong copy. <laughs> and so it got a little more attention, but it still didn't fix the problem. Wow. So so the book evolved into uh, online courses as well. So can you talk about that? Sure. So um, through the book, I met a colleague who ended up being a mentor of mine. And I knew at some point I wanted to have a, an online course. And she was like, hey, I already have a course that I do around the country and I'd be happy to record it to you and take it online. I don't know how to market it or do any of that. So my business partner and my boyfriend is a web designer. So he created a, a website where we could house the course. She recorded it and we started selling that and it was on demand and it was great. And then we had um, some organizations coming to us and saying, you know, the problem we're having is that we can't get our people certified because they need accountability. They need like they keep signing up for the test and then they don't take it because they're, you know, the company was paying for it. So there was nothing in it for them, the employee to actually show up and get certified. So they wanted something that was like, you have to show up here at this time. So we created an online course that is live. So it's on Zoom on the Zoom webinar platform. And we have two instructors instructors that teach the course live over six weeks. So that's the accountability of, okay, we have to be here, we have to show up, we have to have read a chapter, kind of like when you were in college. Oh, that's neat. That was a good idea. Yes, we have several options. I, I say we try to we try to make sure we have options for everybody to meet everybody's needs. Yeah, so I mean, this really, it, it grew from your need for information. You wrote the book, you met people, you started an online course for people, and now you have the Case Management Institute. It looks like you have a lot of team members as well. Um, so how did this get so big? Um, well, again, in the community, we had a lot of brand new case managers that were coming and they were very frustrated because I, I think people think that as nurses, we transition very easily and we we know how hard it is to go from working in the newborn nursery to ICU with adults. But unfortunately, sometimes in the hospital organization, they don't realize that we do specialize. We do have areas that we're specialized in. And case management is one of those areas where we're not starting IVs. We're not listening to lung sounds. We're not, you know, taking a pulse. Instead, we have to know things like insurance principles and how to get resources for people who fall through the cracks and how to coordinate care, how 
what level of care does this person qualify for once they leave the hospital? Do they qualify to go into a skilled nursing facility or into a rehab? And is there a difference? And what is the difference? Is one better than the other? So these are things that people were coming to us and saying, I don't, you know, I don't understand Medicare. I don't understand this form I'm supposed to get. I don't under understand why I'm supposed to give this form. And I'm supposed to be teaching the doctors why they're supposed to get this form signed. So we again saw a problem that there wasn't any um, good education out there that was consistent and taught the actual foundation and the fundamentals so that when they got orientation, at least they knew what case management was. Kind of like when I started, it took me six months to actually, when I would call a patient and say, hi, I'm your case manager, and they'd say, what is that? And I'd be like, um, I kind of help you with some stuff. <laughs> and I didn't even know what to say for six months. And so when I finally figured it out, I thought, Again, nobody else should go through this. When people enter in case management, they should know what they're supposed to be doing. And they should feel confident that it's a job that they align with because it's, it's very much a job that you have to really care about the patient and wanna be an advocate for or you will dread the job because you're going to bat for that patient and you're fighting for them. And if you don't have that intrinsic desire to want to do that, you're gonna hate the job and you're not gonna be good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, and so what are the other things that your institute does? So we expanded, instead of just helping people to pass the exam, we help nurses that want to become case managers by providing online training, on-demand online training. We do it in a very unique way. We have things that they watch, so it's like on-demand videos, but then we also, you also have an instructor. So we have assignments that are made specifically to help you take the qualities and traits that you have as a nurse that would funnel into case management and you can transfer into case management. And so all the assignments help you to build your confidence that when you get your first case management job or if you have your first case management job and you're confused and you're overwhelmed, you'll be able to excel. And then we have teachers that give feedback. Our teachers are wonderful. All of our teachers have had probably 20 to 25 years experience in case management and they're excellent. And um, we've had, you know, what really makes me happy is when nurses that are case managers for less than a year take the course and they tell me that they now get it and they now know how to positively impact their patients. And that's what it's really all about, is helping those patients. And now instead of me helping the patient directly, I help a case, you know, hundreds of case managers so that they can go out and help thousands of patients. And your institute does corporate training as well? We do do corporate training, not as much. We um, Right now we're focusing pretty much on the individuals. And since you're the entrepreneurs, um, I don't like B2B. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I mean, I would hope that the listeners understand there's a difference between B2B and B2C. And I love talking one-on-one -on -one to a nurse and helping her to feel comfortable with something. And what I found with B2B is you have to talk to so many people that are not the decision makers. And then when you get to the decision maker, you're telling your story over and over again about why this is needed. And so I kind of prefer to do the B2C myself. Yeah, no, I, I get that too. Um, you got, you're right, it is, it's very hard to get to the decision maker. And I remember just working, I was one of the decision makers at Walmart when I worked over there. And even then, like just trying to bring in a service or something, 
um, even though I had a budget, I still had to clear it with my director. And then my director wanted like 15 meetings. And it, it literally, there was this one service that we were like sure that we were going to do. And it took over a year. And by the time, you know, somebody finally got around to saying it was okay, like we didn't need it anymore. And I was just like, right. this is such a disaster. <laughs> like, <laughs> that poor sales guy was probably like, what the world? Um, yeah. yeah, it's very difficult. And if you don't know the right people, it, it can be very hard. Um, but do you uh, go into uh, to any hospitals or other training places uh, that you do this as well? Or it's really just um, straight to the nurses? We focus primarily straight to the nurses, although we do, when a, a nurse or a director of case management reaches out to us, um, we do inbound. So if they come and reach out to us, we will definitely help them and help their team. And we have done that. We just don't do outbound where we're reaching out to them. Um, we had a a college um, reach out to us and we developed a course for them. And so we do, we do do things on a larger scale, but again, it's people reaching out to us versus us trying to shove it down their throats. Cause I just can't explain to an accountant why we're necessary. I can explain to a case manager, I can explain to the director of nursing, but I, you know, when I have to try to explain to somebody who is all about you know putting the right numbers in the right columns it drives me crazy and i just don't enjoy that and i'm at a point in my life right now where if i don't enjoy it i don't have to do it uh speaking of that uh you know i kind of want to end on this because you live in puerto aventuras mexico right uh right on the caribbean i do yes and this whole business has allowed you to do that yes um when I decided to start a business, I wanted it to be something that was location independent. And at the time, I thought it was because I had four children and they were becoming adults and moving away. And I thought, what if they all ended up on four different corners of the US and I had to choose every year who I was going to see. And I didn't like that thought. So I thought, well, if I could work from anywhere, then I won't have to worry about it. I can just go wherever they are. And then when I decided I could go wherever I wanted, I'm like, well, why don't I live on the Caribbean and I can go, I can still go visit them whenever I want, but when I'm not visiting them, why should I live somewhere I don't want to live when I can live here? Yeah, that seems like so indulgently wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I'm very happy with the life that we've created and that this business has allowed us to create. And it's a little bit of, um, I think I call it geographical arbitraging too, because the cost of living here is so much less than the cost of living in the United States. And so we're able to have a much better quality of life, even though I pay myself less than I was making at my last job. That's amazing. That, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so what is next for Case Management Institute? Do you have something um, planned for the upcoming year or in the next two years that you're hoping to unleash or unveil? Um, yeah, a couple of things. The the course that we have right now, the case, the foundations of case management, um, we just finished kind of perfecting that and launching it and it's doing really well. So I decided to create a book on that also um, so that we could reach more people and help more. This is my way of getting it into the organizations, to be honest with you. I don't want to have to um, fight with them to start training their case managers, but if they have a book there that they can refer to, that would definitely be a much easier sell. Also, um, we started a podcast this year. It's called the Stay at Home Nurse Podcast. It's not necessarily case management related, but I've learned a lot of things in my 
nursing career. And um, I think it's just kind of that giving back. I, when I hear about nurses that are leaving the profession, it really, it just makes me really sad because it, the profession has served me very, very well. And it now has me living on the beach in Mexico. And so I couldn't have done it without my education and without my RN. And so I wanna help other nurses to figure out what it is that they want and figure out how they're, how they can use their RN credentials to get what they want. I love it. Uh, all right, so can you let everybody know where they can find you and how they can get more information? Sure, I'm on LinkedIn under Deanna Cooper Gillingham, and um, you can reach out to my website, the Case Management Institute, if anybody is interested in case management or utilization management. We also have product, um, resources there to train people with utilization management also. And if they're interested in the podcast, it's called the Stay at Home Nurse Podcast. And I have a website. It needs updated and it will be someday. <laughs> but you can find all the podcast episodes on there. Awesome. All right, Deanna, thank you so much. Thank you.